0: Hey, what's up, guys? Zero for Hire here. This is the Zero for Hire podcast, and I'm trying to get back on track. So, I am glad uh, that you guys stuck with me through the last two podcasts. I actually talked to someone who was a new subscriber on the show, and um, it kind of alerted me, you know, to to, to see a real face of a real person who might be listening and say, boy, I'm going to have to explain that to somebody someday. Now, for the record, I don't think the last two things that I posted were bad. I was just in a position where I really needed to address some things. And so sometimes it happens from time to time. I don't don't do the same type of overly produced show that I normally do anymore, uh, mainly because it's about space, stuff like that. But for this show, I am. I am going to give you guys a little bit of post-production. Uh, I've got some clips that I need to drop in here at some point for some of the, it, it depends. I got <laughs> also way too many things on this list to talk about, so I'm not going to do deep coverage on any of them. I'm just going to kind of run through my list and, and just comment as I do. Here on this podcast, it's supposed to be Christ, culture, crea- or Christ Creativity, and Culture. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Christ, culture, creativity. And, you know, commentary on the world. world. And I haven't done a whole lot of commentary. Having spent some time in Branson, I actually feel a lot better about my conservative values, about my Christian values. Um, I don't feel like I necessarily need to duck and run and duck and cover and hide from, you know, the angry liberals so much. Um, but I can tell you, like being canceled in real life is not fun. Being canceled in real life can have some psychological effects, and I, you know, I take my hat off to anybody who's ever had to deal with being canceled. I've been listening to some people, uh, Richard Meyer. It's your boy Zach from from YouTube, and um, and and there's another story right now, and I'll just start with that one. There's this, this comic book store owner. So this comic book store owner came out with a video. It's about 60 seconds. It was going around Twitter this week and like everybody was talking about it. It's weird because I'll see these stories and I don't I don't comment on them often, but then it turns like everybody is talking about. So if I if it's relevant to me, I need to just, you know, say something about it and give you guys those thoughts before somebody else tells you what to think. He's he's being called the based comic book owner um the base comic book store owner and he has a channel i don't remember his name he has a channel he's got about three thousand followers and i guess he's gone up quite a bit since he's released this video but what he was saying is that new writers and okay this is just i'm just gonna tell you what he says new writers need to write the characters as they are not put themselves in the character's shoes about what they should do and this is a real problem with a lot of writers A lot of writers want to self-insert. Now, if you're going to self-insert, you should definitely create your own character. Create a character who's a proxy for you. You can self-insert. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think sometimes those characters are dumb or stink um, because a lot of people who self-insert want to make their characters into like a Mary Sue where your character can do no wrong. And that's a problem. You have to give your character weaknesses and character flaws like in the, in the comic book I'm working on, one of my characters is obviously a self-insert, but I also made him kind of dumb. Uh, very, very impulsive. He makes mistakes. Um, he has his problems, as every character should. And the, the best characters you are going to have to deal with drawbacks and consequences to their actions or consequences to their powers. That's why I really like Azuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia. Like, he's super strong. He's, like, one of the strongest characters in that universe, but if he punches something too hard, he's going to break his arm. And not only at one point in the story, he shattered his arm, meaning all of the bones didn't break, they literally shattered. He's not going to be able to use his arms if, if they break it again, the doctor told him. And so he had to figure out a new way to fight because the consequence was too heavy. That's a good self-insert. You know, that's a good drawback. Anyways, this base comic book owner was saying people need to chill with the self-inserts, Because nobody cares about who you are or what you would do if you were Iron Man. They want to read about Tony Stark. They want to read about Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Captain America. They want to read about these characters. They don't want you to put your behavior in those characters. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And yet, um, SJW comics are going nuts. And so for a week, they were destroying, trying to destroy this guy trying to talk about this guy they were calling him a fat pig they were saying he smells like urine they were saying his breath stinks um but they 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 were attacking him they didn't have any merit to attack him on it wasn't anything that he did or said he was just being attacked and it was weird it was weird to see and they were really exposing themselves for who they are it's just a group of bullies really and and this is a good story that i've been following from um it's Your Boy. Uh, Zach. it's your boy Zach and Richard C Meyer, the same person, but he is a survivor of cancel culture, and he has a good take on comic books. There's speaking of which, Comics Gate is like this phenomenon where it's kind of like Gamergate if you know anything about that, but without going into it, it's anti SJW comic creators. They they write their comics they. Also put their opinions out there on the internet. And I'm sure this will probably happen to me once I enter the space. Uh, SJWs will cancel you and try to keep you from getting mainstream work because of your political views. And this is so bad that like Chuck Dixon, one of the biggest, most prolific writers in comics. Has, has, has not been getting work from Marvel and DC because he voted for Trump or something. That's, that's, the, that's the climate that we're in. And so comics have been really bad. And these comic book store owners, they can't pay their bills with these books that they can't sell. So they're having a lot of problems with this stuff. So when this guy comes out and he says, this is what the fans want. Well, you have writers who are saying, you know, before they were saying the, the fans aren't our customers. The comic book store owners are our customers because, I mean, it's a technical argument. The, the store owners buy the books in order to sell them. It's a very, very technical argument, but this is this supersedes that because he's a store owner. He's and and many other people are suffering because of these poorly written books. And if you're not if you're not into comics, if you're new to comics, we'll spend some more time talking about that at a later time. But I just wanted to point out this story that they're really trying to damage this guy. And so the narrative is changing, though. People have are sick of SJW cancel pigs. Um, they're sick of the narrative, the false narratives, the gaslighting. Uh, there's a lot of gaslighting. You know, they, they can't pretend to be mad when you haven't done anything wrong. Like he, what he said is the actual truth. And so uh, it, we're starting, I think we might be starting to see the comic industry turn around. People are able to identify who the worst offenders in the SJW cancel pig culture is. And uh, we'll just see what goes with that because it, it has to shift. The pendulum has to swing back at some point. Um, so there's some other things. Lil Nas X came out with a Christian song. <laughs> no, I haven't. No I, no, I haven't listened to it. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to it. Um, he's, he put out a couple of tweets about how it's hard for him to come back to church and You know, but then he also says like Jesus had 30 inch long hair and wore a skirt and he's he's mad at us when we don't accept him for being a gay cowboy. He's mad at us when we don't accept him for being a Satanist. He's mad at us when we don't accept him as being a Christian because we think he's trolling because he doesn't, you know, seem sincere. And at some point it's like, dude, you just do you for you. We're not going to we're not going to like run out and buy a record just because you say You know what I mean? And it's the same if I don't know if anybody else is going to say this, but if little Nas X is. Sincere about his transformation, about his conversion to Christianity. And he starts to repent of his sin. And he starts to write Christian music. I will say this as long as it's the type of music that he's putting out on that other you know, Christian music that's being put out. I'm still not going to listen to it because I don't want to listen to. I'm so sad. Jesus hold my hand. Jesus is my girlfriend type music. That's that's therapy to to a harp. You know, nobody wants that. I guess somebody wants that because the Christian music industry is full of that crap, that emotional therapy music that nobody's asking for. So I still won't listen to it if that's the kind of music he wants to put out. That's the kind of music you write when you're sad and you're depressed and you have issues to work through and you're, you don't know anything about Christianity. So, but you want to make it sound like you're deep and spiritual and you're like, I call on angels to help me. Like Nobody talks like that because that's not a normal thing. That's not a real thing. That's not a thing, little ex. call on angels. You don't call on angels because that's not a thing. Nobody does that. <laughs> like that's retarded. Stop. Okay. Like if you don't know, just say you don't know much about it and just keep moving forward and not worrying about what people think of you because you haven't earned their trust. And until you earn people's trust, they're not going to trust you. And we're definitely not going to trust you. If you're writing songs about how you're so sad and lonely and you're calling on angels, I'm sorry. You got issues. We all got issues. Life is tough Buy a helmet. Okay. Um, let's move on. The child, the dead inner... Uh, let's go to everybody. Man, I got so many, so many issues here. Here's, uh, here's a good one. Vivek Ramaswamy Vivek I, can't, I can't keep screwing up his last name and I hate it because I think I'm actually going to vote for him. I've had positive things to say about Vivek for a while. Um, I've been keeping my eye on him every time he's in a debate. I think he does admirably. I, I enjoy his performance. And recently, he did some hard takedowns of Nikki Haley and Chris Christie. Um, this is where I said I was going to enter some clips. So this is where I'm going to put the clip. This is uh, the cut for Vivek.
1: But it's even worse when Republicans try to play the same game. We're talking about that trans issue. Nikki Haley's campaign launch video sounded like a woke Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad talking about how she would kick in heels. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party, and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. We're marching towards fascism under Biden. Jack Smith has subpoenaed every last retweet that someone has issued from Donald Trump in the year 2020. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley, who thinks the government should identify every one of those individuals with an ID. That is not freedom. That is fascism. And she should come nowhere near the levers of power, let alone the White House. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have... I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. What happened to Israel was dead wrong. What Hamas did was medieval. It was subhuman. It was immoral. And we have to call that out for what it is on October 7th. But to say that that was an attack on America fails a basic test. I mean, Nick, if you can't tell the difference between where Israel is and the U.S. is on a map, I can have my three-year-old son show you the difference. That is irresponsible because it has major consequences because that doesn't leave room for what actually is an attack on America. So I believe I have the strongest pro-Israel position actually on this stage, even though it's a little bit different than the standard GOP talking points.
0: And this is why Donald Trump got elected, because we are waiting for someone to just say what everybody else is thinking. To hammer on those corruption points. Hard. Uh, the, the thing with these three stories that I've told you so far. They all have in common. They all have this in common. There's this group of people who believe the gaslighting. They don't have a moral compass. You know, they don't understand what actual morality is. So they just like go along with what the, what the people on top are telling them is outrage or what to be offended by. And the fact that anybody would be offended by what Vivek is saying just goes to show that they're not they're not really forming their own opinions. They're, they're outraged because, what, he sounds kind of mean? It's a debate. That's what we want. I mean, theoretically, these are the same people who don't want Trump for some reason. So you're going to actually need somebody who can stand up to Trump. And Nikki Haley ain't it. Nikki Haley went on the debate stage being like, oh, if you want something done, it has to be a woman. Tee-hee. I'm the only woman in the group. And that's super cringe. I don't want that as a president. I don't want a I don't want a president that's going to be like, by the way, this is my gender. I don't care. Like if you're not doing anything for me, I ain't there for you as a as a politician. It, that's the transaction for the job. This isn't about being a great person. This isn't about being the nice guy. This is about what are you going to do for me? If I'm hiring you to be my president, what are you gonna do for me? Nothing. Well, you're gonna send you're gonna send my kids to another country that you don't know anything about. That's what you're gonna do for me? No, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that. And the other thing about Vivek that I've been meaning to talk about a little is like I because I don't think that he's gotten enough defense from Christians. People keep saying he's a Hindu. He's a Hindu. I'm not electing the friggin' Pope. I said the same thing about Donald Trump. You want a Christian nationalist nation? You're going to have to start voting for Christian nationalists. And until you start doing that, I, I cannot take you seriously, Christians. I can't take you seriously until you start voting for the people that you say you want. I'm looking at behavior. I'm looking at policy. I'm looking at shrewdness. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at whether or not Vivek has the same religion as me because of his answer when he was questioned on it as, you know, when he was pressed on his Hindu religion. Vivek came out and said something to the degree of. He does not believe. That. Okay, hang on. He said that God has used non-Christians in the past, which is true. You, You look at like a King Nebuchadnezzar. He's used these people to accomplish his will in the past. And he believes that, that God will use him for his, for his will, for his devices, for America in the same way. Now, because Hinduism is like pantheons, I don't know. And this is something I should probably look into. I don't know if Hindus are allowed to give honor or glory or credence to other gods outside of the Hindu spectrum. I don't know, but that's what it sounds like. And if he's, if he's a pantheist, it seems like he's trying to honor the Christian God in the sense that he recognizes God's authority. He recognizes God's supremacy over America. And even though that's not his religion, he recognizes the power there. I, I think that, is a good thing. Just, I mean, like if you're on a team and you're going against a really good team and you know, you can't beat them, but let's say you're you're willing to work with them for a while because you recognize their power. I think that's the sort of thing. So he's willing to ally himself with Christianity. He's willing to ally himself with God for the sake of the country, for political reasons. Theologically. Yes. I understand. Nobody needs like God doesn't need anybody's help. But if he's willing to be respectful and, and honoring and, and an ally to God in terms of politics, when he really doesn't need to be, he could claim to be an atheist. He could claim to be anti-God or whatever. He's trying to ally himself, recognizing God's authority. I think that's something I think that is a credit to him. And I think that people are very short sighted and being kind of dumb for not taking that into account. I think what they're looking for is an unreasonable affection or a uh, perfection that doesn't really adhere to anything. I think that's what they're looking for. And it's not fair. You know, just, they just look like, well, I don't know anything about Vivek, so I need a reason to write him off. You know, Vivek's not my guy, so I need a reason to write him off. I think that's what they're looking for. When on the other hand, look at the other Republican debates. Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, DeSantis. They all have glaring reasons to reject them as candidates. Chris Christie, he doesn't do anything. He's not going to do anything. You know, he doesn't have the foreign policy experience, but we're not even necessarily looking at experience. We're looking at temperament. And if you were to put this guy in his gears of power, he has shown that he's not actually a conservative. He doesn't care about conservative values, and he's not going to steer the country in that way. He's going to be easily bought. Nikki Haley, warmongering neocon. Mike Pence, warmongering neocon. Ron DeSantis, possibly autistic. I, I am, I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm pretty sure that Ron DeSantis is autistic and that he's not going to be able to deal with things on a cultural, social level because he's autistic. Guys, like, just look at his interviews. There's something not normal about him. He's not a social person. Yes, he might make the right policy decisions but from behind the desk under the right circumstances, but I don't think that he can play on the fly. I don't think that he's going to be quick on his feet. He's not quick on his feet in debates. He's not quick on his feet in interviews because he's probably autistic. I am dead serious about this and you guys really need to look into this. Um, so that's why Vivek's my guy. Vivek, I think, is going to... Pound his way through the rest of the GOP candidates. And then I think that he's going to legitimately try to take on Trump. And at some point he might even defer to a vice presidency. And I'd like to see it happen. I think he's going to make Trump earn it. Bring it on. I'm I'm good with either. But all these other weak GOP candidates, I can't I can't get with their corrupt. They're short sighted. They're warmongers. They don't have America's best interests in, and they, they haven't claimed to have America's best interests at hand. Even Ron DeSantis isn't like a, an American first person. And we need to get our life back, man. We need our economy back. They screwed things up so bad. I just I live in an RV. I want to be able to buy land and buy a house and, and do normal American things. Bec- I want to be able to work hard and feel like I'm going to get something for what I'm working for. We can't do that with these other candidates. Now, where are we? Those are all stories about gaslighting. This last one is also about gaslighting. It's a dead internet theory articles. Um, So Sports Illustrated recently was uh, exposed for having an AI writer. They had a fake AI-generated profile picture from some marketplace. They made up a bio for this guy. And they just had AI write articles to sell you stuff. And that story has been going around and it's a part of the dead internet theory. Now you guys remember I hit it hard last year. If you're, if you're a member of my sub you should be able to go back into the archives back when we, the show was called the zero hour podcast. And there's a lot of things about dead internet theory there. Uh, but the main contention is, or the main issue is that the, the internet is about 60% bots, maybe 40% people. You kind of have to verify humanity. And I'm talking about internet traffic en masse. So you have web crawlers that counts as internet traffic. You have spam bots. You know, I think I'm dealing with a spam bot right now. Uh, (laughs) I don't like to uh, cross uh, stories, but uh, Tyson James posted a death threat that he got. And I reposted it saying, this is sick. You know, this is how Christians are treated. And now I got some jackass, like... Trying to defend the death threat. Saying, oh, he posted it himself. He's just trying to make himself look edgy. And I'm like, no. Bro, like, why are you... Why is this your hill to die on? Like, why, what are you actually defending right now? Like He seriously wants to argue with me about this. And it's like, this cannot be a real person. This has to be a spam bot. Because that's what they do. They make dumb, stupid arguments. And they don't make sense. And it's like, you're just arguing to argue. You don't even have a point to make. Like... If you know somebody's work and you know somebody's like if you know somebody's body of work and you follow their career and you watch their interviews and their live streams, you kind of know that person to a degree. And when they do something really, really out of character, you're like, nah, I don't think that's that's really what they would do. Or if somebody, you know, accuses them of something that's out of character, which is what this person is doing. He posted it himself. Like, I don't think that's true. I don't think he would post that. I mean, I'd be shocked if it came out as true, but this person is like. Digging in their heels. They have to be right. I was like, this, that's retarded. Why are you doing this? Stop. Just go away. I don't even want to talk to you. And that's what gas, this gaslighting, this, this bots, people do it all the time. You remember the story? I, I think I've mentioned it before. The, the, the HBO series had the producer from the show um, using sock puppet accounts to shame people who were giving negative reviews of the show. Sock puppet accounts, psychological, it's a psyop psychological operation um it's not just bots but bots are often implemented they and they're meant to shout you down and argue against you and make you question reality because you start to say like okay this can't be right like everybody is yelling at me for this totally normal opinion this reasonable opinion and and some am i wrong about this and you start to question yourself and that's that's what the psyop is they want they want you to question reality um this really got me thinking about how I'm pretty deprogrammed because I stopped watching TV like a long time ago. So like now when I watch TV, it makes no sense. There are things that are unique to television that only make sense in the context of television, like sitcoms. The way that they talk in sitcoms, they say things to each other and then there's a pause for laughter because it's part of the show. That's how the, that's the format of the show. But people don't talk like that in real life. If you really want to see... Like if it sounds or feels realistic, watch one of those YouTube videos where they take the laugh track out of a sitcom and tell me that it sounds like a normal conversation. It doesn't like, especially the big bang theory. Holy crap. They're not even like nice to each other. The way they talk to each other on the big bang theory, I've been like ready to slap somebody for real because of how they talk to is the caddy. They're like caddy women. That's how they talk to each other. Um, I'm getting sidetracked, but it's a psyop. And so, like, I watch TV, I, I watch these movies, and oftentimes the writers, because they, I talked about Mary Sue earlier in this podcast, they want to write their characters as a Mary Sue who can do no wrong. What they do is the script removes all consequences for their character's negative actions, and so you'll have the character again talking to somebody in the way that they really shouldn't be talking to people, and still be considered civil. Um, I watched the movie Megan about that killer doll. Me and my wife watched that last night. And in the first part of the movie, the, uh, the girl's parents gets killed and then she goes to live with her aunt. So, you know, you have the parents in the front seat debating and arguing, and then they get into a car crash and it's presumed that the parents are dead. And the next thing you see is this lady getting a phone call. We get a glimpse of her life. She's got to go pick the girl up at the hospital. She's signing custody or whatever. There are several things in this sequence that let me know or lead me to suspect that the writer, one, has no family and is childless. Two, has zero experience with raising a child. And three, doesn't have any friends who have children either. Because they, all of the exchanges are the exchanges of quippy, embittered millennial adult women. All of them, all of the exchanges. And they're in such a way where it's like they say they talk to each other or they behave in a way. OK, like the girls, the, the main girl, the main girl character who's picking up the little girl at the hospital. I started questioning, like, hey, wait, wasn't that her sister in the car? Like, didn't her sister die? Because She's handling this way too well. Like she has a high powered, high pressure job. Her sister just died. She's got custody of the kid now. She's trying to figure this stuff out. She doesn't seem very upset about any of that. Like, it, the, 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 the emotional trauma has zero pull on her during, during the entirety of this movie. It's not normal. And then she comes in and the neighbor's like, oh, and who's this little girl? She's just asking neighbor questions. She's like, look, it was just, we just had a really long drive and I would really appreciate if you just keep your dog out of my property and blah, blah, I get they're fighting about the dog, but like not being able to have a civil conversation about my daughter, you know, this girl's coming to live with me because my sister just died in a car wreck. Like, you can't even bring yourself to say that is not normal. And then to just be snippy with your neighbor, I, why wasn't the neighbor, if they're kind of like battling back and forth, then why wouldn't the neighbor be like, hold on, who you think you're talking to like that? You I ask you a question. If you don't want to talk to me, I, fine. You don't have to be snippy or whatever. Like, I just like... Who are you talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm gonna come over, jump right on, snatch you right over this fence. Like that's how your neighbors talk back to you when you when you talk to people the way that this main character talks to people. And they just like it's everybody. It's ever like her attitude with everybody is just nasty. Like how do you have any friends or authority in life talking to people like that? Like what what is you? Who do you think you are? It's not normal. And I'm a, and then the little girl, she brings a girl home. We're still talking about the movie now. She brings a girl home. She's like, OK, so just I'm going to put these bags away. She has two bags. I'm going to put these bags away. You just make yourself a home. Okay, Are you a normal person? Like, OK, dog, look, you come in for vacation, right? You've been driving for four hours. Let's say you've been driving for four hours. You come in, you got, your sister just died, you got this little girl, presumably you just got in a fight with your neighbor. You drag your two bags in. Are you going to explain to a kid, I'm going to go put these bags away? No, you probably leave them at the front door, right? And you grab the little girl by the hand, go sit on the couch, and want to talk to her. I'm, look, I'm really sorry, I don't know. Here's, you know, some things we're going to have to work through and we'll talk and we'll figure this out. Something, some sort of emotional response, whether you're trying to coddle the little girl or comfort the little girl or you're trying to share your your, you know, sadness and we, you know, I'm sorry this happened to you. She she meant a lot to me, too. Something human, some sort of human reaction. Like once you close the door, like, oh thank God I'm at home. I can act like I can be vulnerable or something. No, no, no. She's like, I'm going to go put these bags away. Like, that's not a normal, that's not how normal people act. Like, you're worried about being tidy right now? Like, right now, this is when, this is when you're, you're worried about being tidy. You're gonna go put your bags away and leave a little girl, her mom just died. You're gonna leave her at the front and just make yourself, oh, and don't touch my stuff. This, this is where we at. Um, I don't sound like I'm overreacting. It's just like, this is what it does to you. This is what television does to you. It, and this is why you have, like, teenage girls who walk around, they act exactly like anime characters and Cardi B at the same time. The, because they don't, they're so wrapped up in TikTok and television that they don't know what normal reactions and interactions are like. And so they just act like cartoon characters. Or drama, you know, Grey's Anatomy characters. Like, that's, that's how TV dramas act. Like, that's not how normal people interact with each other. It's just so weird that that's, what it, that that's what's going on. So, um, and I also, I had this like, I have to really like fine tune myself with that because like if you work in public, you know how normal people behave and granted they change their behavior through certain kinds of situations. But for the most part, they all act pretty much the same way. And that's what you come to expect. And then you watch TV and they act completely different. Like this is, this is not how, how people act. Maybe you're one of the people who say, You know, 0 you're making a way too big a deal of this. It's not that big a deal. You know, it's just for a TV show. I'm just saying the TV is programming you to accept that type of behavior online and in movies and in TV shows. It's programming you to accept that type of behavior. And then when you see politicians talk, when you see people um, trying to excuse their bad behavior It's on these bases and you like, that's not how normal people behave and act and talk and stuff though. Like you got to be able to call this stuff out because you're going to be in a relationship and you're going to see somebody acting weird and you're gonna be like, I think maybe we should keep our distance from these people. You know, I I think maybe I should not make friends with that person because the way they behave is so strange. It leads me believe that there might be a danger there, which is really the bottom line. Uh, sometimes people are awkward, and if you're straightforward, you can break through that pretty easily. And hey, you're kind of weird, but blah, blah blah blah. Anyways, that was a lot for me to think about. Um, I was going to talk about how everybody hates Elon, but it doesn't really need to be talked about today. I think I covered most of the topics that I had written down here, and um, yeah, that's all. That's all I need to do today. The, the, the other things I wrote were like some really heavy, you know downer type stuff that I don't want to end with. But I do want to end with letting you guys know that we are um, still working on the thumbnails and stuff for the comics. I will give you guys a song with this podcast. And then on Monday, I'll come back and give you guys a new podcast. So I'm really trying to step it up, collecting stories and everything. And I would like to do more of that stuff on Fridays. Uh, Maybe this presentation should be a a monday podcast maybe i should make this a monday podcast i already promised you guys you would get a friday podcast and i haven't sent it out yet so i'm gonna send this one out let me know what you think if if you would rather this be a monday podcast and then we talk about more personal things on the friday podcast we could do something like that um i'm trying guys and i really am interested to hear what your thoughts so thanks for listening i gotta get back to work i got more of my day here and i hope that yours is great too Thanks for listening. I've already said that. Okay. Stay holy. Gotta go.